Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grev, and welcome once again to another Rip Roman Reds podcast. Twice in a week, unheard of. I'm joined with Jace. Good evening, Jace. Good evening, mate. Good evening. Yeah, twice in a week. These lucky people, or maybe not. Maybe unfortunate. Maybe people. maybe we're lucky. More lucky than anything. We just get to chat and have fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a nice nice Good. breather from the working week, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Uh, you're joining us. Uh, I just had to look at my phone to see what the day was. It's Tuesday uh, and we are five days away from Arsenal playing. So again, there's been very light on the Arsenal front, I would say, in terms of news and other stuff. So we're going to do uh, another another window watch. This time we're going to focus on the defensive midfielders that we've been linked with and whether or not any of these will help Arsenal out. Uh, so I'll stick on the intro music. I'll drink my cup of tea and we'll get into it. Let's do it. Right, as always, we're going to start our show, like we start every show. It's a rip-roaring review, handing straight over to Jace. Tell me, where are you going? Well, it's gonna, I was going to say this week's Rip Roaring Review. It's two days since the last one. Uh, so what have you got for me two days later, Jace? Well, it's pretty flat with Arsenal news at the moment this week, isn't it? So uh, I thought I'd um, I thought I'd take a, a different perspective on my Rip Roaring Review and maybe uh, just, I don't know, take pleasure in the fact that Arsenal are not in the situation of the managerial merry-go-round. We have no worries. We have no concerns. Uh, we have no soon-to-be Jose Mourinho manager coming in. You know, he got sacked today. There's a load of things going off in my WhatsApp of uh, mates uh, from other, other companies I used to work for. They're like a mixture of Chelsea, Spurs, you name it. And they're all going to the Chelsea fan. Oh, Mourinho, he's going to be in in two days. Guaranteed, guaranteed. And I'm like, I'm so glad like that's not us. Like, I remember like the Emery days. It was a bit dodgy and it was wondering who we were going to get. But apart from that, we've been pretty... Um, pretty stable for a very long time and and I think we will be in the future too um under under Mikel and I am so here for it I am so here for it I don't uh have any you know the fact that I remember that time Mourinho was like kind of linked with Arsenal and we were like no like never 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 and there was that video recently when it was like who's gonna win the Premier League or who's gonna challenge? And it was like he, he they were interviewing Mourinho. He did a I don't know if you saw it, it was going around on social media. And he was like uh Man City, Liverpool, and and someone went Arsenal, and he went, nah. I was like, ah, ah fuck you, Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> sorry, bad language. I mean, I, he, but, yeah. he has got uh he has got a lot of winnativity though, right? That is one thing. I, I talked to some of my uh maybe not so much at Man United, well. Man United, he might have given it a bit of this. I think he won. Yeah, I suppose. But Spurs are Spurs. He's done. He's done. <laughs> He's done. It's over. Right. It's got the, Jason stamp of, of, uh, the stamp of doneness all over it. You've so, done. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, let me uh, ask you a question unrelated to that because I did. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. I've not had the chance maybe to discuss it at length in the last pod. Um, obviously, the Kareem Benzema uh, rumour has, has come and gone, let's say. 
yeah. and unlikely to happen. But would you just generally would you have taken him at Arsenal? And one hundred percent. Six months. One hundred six months. I don't know if I'd have taken him permanently. He's like what 36, 37. Um six months, yeah, solid. Banging load of goals, win us a title. That's what we're lacking. He will he will score. Because we create chances and we just haven't got players that are finishing. But he won't. He will finish. He won't miss. Do you, do you think, though, that because he's not necessarily well known to be uh, a running behind goal scorer, per se, in the teams that he's played for, or certainly won't have the pace nowadays, and that is something we probably need, right? Good question. My... Yeah, you're not going to get that kind of pace of running in behind. But that's assuming that we change our style of play and go more direct with through balls like that. Let's be honest, we come in from the wings and we play balls across the box and we need someone to tap him in. He's perfect for that. Yeah. I just thought I'd be interested. I know that, uh, it's well, I, I would say it's got a, a, a hope in hell's chance of happening. Um, just can't see it myself. There were times when we were linked with him many a year ago and you might have been... It's really funny because you look back on those times thinking we would never sign players like that. And now we're kind of like in the conversation. Like, yeah. it's, it's nice. It's nice, but not not as nice as I, 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 that it would actually happen. Yeah. Uh, it's nice, but I, I think we have other targets as well, right? let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. Come on then, give it to me. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, because uh, it has been two days. Um, yeah, uh, for me, uh, I'm going to say uh, it was Blue Monday yesterday. Blue Monday, uh, commonly known as the, the most depressing day of the year because it's you know far far enough from Christmas that it's a, a bit of a distant memory. And halfway through what, what is known as probably the longest month in history, where it feels like it's like January 47th. And January, Blue Monday, and all of that together, like January is just shit. And I think that it, it's coming through in uh, football. No one is doing any business. It's all very, very quiet on the Western front. And everyone is either keeping their powder dry for, for tall boy summers like ours, or there's just not anything out there that's uh, worthy of doing much business. Obviously, we saw Spurs do Werner and another player. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, but they've done some some business. They feel like the only club that's actually done a little bit of business. And obviously, with everything going on between like Everton and Nottingham Forest as well, feels just a bit of like a, a holding pattern, a bit of a tour of time in January. And I wouldn't necessarily look at Arsenal. And I, I saw someone today. It's day sixteen, and we haven't signed anyone. Crying face on on social media. And I've seen some people make a big deal about the fact that we've not done any business. No one's doing any business, and I don't expect us to actually do any business unless it's outgoings. You know, someone like Cedric, someone like Elneny, maybe, but even that, I'd say at a push. So I would look at this month no different to November, December or February in in the eyes of Arsenal and what I think may or may not happen. Yeah, it's been quiet. I think the the rumours about Onana, right, we'll talk about him, maybe were had some traction. But apart from that, it's been pretty dead. Yeah, Spurs brought in, is it Dragusin, the the centre-back? That sounds about right. Um, and got rid of Eric Dyer, which was also like, oh my god, how he just needed a mate. There? He just needed a mate. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it's like, uh, what was it when they bought? I don't know. They bring bring in uh, Gilles Grimondi or who was it? Another another French, but oh, Remy. Uh, they bought in Remy, didn't they? To like look after Patrick Vieira or something. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like oh, just someone in... with the language. You know, someone that can bring some 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 Stella Carlin over god. for him. I don't know. 
that guy won out, right? Jesus Christ. Like, you didn't start him for Spurs. You've, like, been on and off playing for England and Spurs yeah. for, like, the last six years. Like, absolute, like, I don't rate Eric Dyer personally. But, um, the best, like... the best <laughs> thing about the whole thing, right, Jace, was when Tottenham shared, like, because he's obviously one of theirs and he's been there a long time, they shared pictures and videos of him leaving the club. And it was when they lost 4 2 to us. Yeah, well, they, they, it was the funny thing. Shushed off pounds. Yeah. Like, there was so many Spurs fans going like one of us and shushing Arsenal fans, and then I saw like a load of Arsenal reels going back and go later that game, and there's like two, there's two <laughs> like shit houses of him just like absolutely mucking up and, and losing four two. Using your enthusiasm music over the top of it would have been yeah. great. Yeah, I mean he, he lucked out. He lucked out with that Bayern Munich move. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to see if he actually gets any game time, but. Uh, but they're actually interesting because that might open the door for is it they um who's the Dutch Dutch I'm gonna murder his name uh the legit the legit the lit I think it is the lit the lit I like to call yeah. I like to just call him legit um because hopefully he's legit the lit uh yeah, um but uh yeah he like there's rumors that we might go in for him and I'm wondering if that's a possibility but he's been around like he was Ajax and he went to Juve didn't really win out and now he's he's gone to Bayern so Bayern don't want him I don't know if we really would it, we really do want him but it's interesting to see them filling in um center back positions uh and yeah I guess yeah it's uh that yesterday do you know what actually you mentioned just a complete off topic you mentioned yesterday being the most depressing day of the month right worked my ass off on that Monday night football game and we lost livid livid absolutely livid then someone broke my glasses it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't intentional <laughs> i've ordered some new ones <laughs> and then i got home someone stole my recycling bins what's going on livid what Look, a day. For, for any listeners or viewers you know you come for the arsenal content but you stay for the bin stealing it's obviously uh, a big, big night for Jason. So we're going to try and make him a bit happier by talking about defensive midfielders. I would say as well that in the in the however many years I've played football with Jace, he's never worn his glasses to football. For some reason, decided to turn up to give them a go and then get smashed in the face. You couldn't write it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> right. We're going to discuss defensive midfielders. We've been linked to a few of them. Some of these are maybe a bit more... I don't know, pipe dream. Some of them are more um, realistic, but we're going to break down in the same way that we did with our striker video, four different options. We're going to talk a little bit about their their stats, their price, their stature, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so basically, I'm going to get get it up and I'm going to show everyone the first player we're going to talk about. Now, I think this is, is this your, would this be your pick, Jace? Just to oh, ask. I'm on... Yes, I think it will be. Um... But okay. I, I think let me, let we me, need to go through. I won't. I, I won't say why now. Okay. We need to go through all of them, right? And 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 then discuss the pros and cons a bit at the end. All right, um, let's do that. So this is this is Amadou Anana for those that obviously can't see, by the way. So the Everton yeah. midfielder. He's twenty-two, six foot four, and probably would cost us in the region of forty to fifty million, depending on. We could obviously uh, go for a loan deal with an option to buy as well. I think on this one. I think that's what we should do, but. Um, yeah, I, I I love the mold of this player. In my opinion, he is a buy, and I will I will talk later about why I think he's a buy. Twenty two, Premier League proven experience. Um, I know, and it's something I'm loving seeing Edu and Mikel do is just go prem proven. Like it's paying off. 
It's paying off. It's brilliant. And we never did that under Arsene. Can you name a time that Arsene Wenger ever bought a Premier League proven player? Yossi Benayoun. Francis <laughs> Jeffers. Like, you know, a Premier League. Oh, Sol Campbell, that one. That one. Ian, Ian, Wright, I, I, Ian Wright could count as well, right? Surely, because he was from... Or did he go to Palace no. after Arsenal? I can't remember. Wenger? Wenger? Well, yes, but Wenger never bought Ian Wright. What no, okay, true. It was uh, George no. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm loving this kind of strategy around buying proven, proven Prem players. Um, if you're looking at position, uh, it's a good alternative in the pivot to Rice. It would free Rice up to go further up the pitch. We talked a lot about that in previous pods with Party, so not opposed to that. Um, loving his ability for uh, winning the ball back in, in his own half. Lovely crossfield passes from what I saw. I've seen, I've not watched too much of him, but I did watch a lot of YouTube and this has formed a lot of my opinion of him. Crossfield passes uh, are lovely. Um, reminds me a bit of those kind of Thomas Party crossfield balls. Um, the thing that I love most about him is his power driving forwards. Um, Yaya Toure in his heyday before Pep came along and, and said, you're too old. He was just so well-known for his ability to drive forwards at pace and power with the ball. He'd just take players on and completely dominate because he's it's, it's that power combined with strength. And I remember a goal, he pretty much ran the, his own, the, half, the whole length of the pitch against Aston Villa and scored. And I, I'm seeing that in him in the, in, in the videos I'm watching, that power, that burst. Abu Diaby, again, bursts he used to do in that classic game when we won 2-0 against Liverpool and it, we, he played the best game I've ever seen him play we had so many probably injuries probably the only game you've seen him play Jase <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is what we crave I love I love that kind of player and I can see the potential for it so he really really excites me he's powerful he's fast also he's an absolute beast he's huge he, he, and I love that you know we talked about it in previous pods I want I want a big uh, dominating midfield presence so yeah um love that sorry i've i've, I've taken probably all of the things away about oh nine tell me about his stats griff tell me about his stats <laughs> i can do that part i would say that um you, you haven't done a great job in hiding the fact that you like him jace for the later on in the pod <laughs> <laughs> um actually to call back to some bits that you you said if you look at the stats that i've got on the screen here one of the, the key things that stands out is his past completion of long balls and you did mention his crossfield passing is something that thomas pie does a lot of and although he doesn't attempt a lot of them any ones that he does attempt he's usually really successful at delivering so that is one part of his game i would say on the screen for those who are not listening we have a kind of defensive stats and passing stats because these are the two that are really important to this type of position and like you say jason his ability to break up play his ability to do those kind of sliding tackles and and kind of win aerial duels that shows in his stats and does come through really really strong he's in really high percentiles for pretty much all of the defensive duties uh, but he does lack in some of that passing particularly progressive passes which I, I think you alluded to in saying that Declan Rice you know there, there was some uh some discourse recently about Declan Rice not being a progressive passer but I think he's like second or third in the league for progressive passes um so he's definitely he's definitely there and can do it it's just maybe not the role that he's got and a player like Onana could probably sit alongside him in the pivot as a, as a jewel or a solo and, and can maybe allow Declan to kind of progress. So I'm I'm with you. Tall frame, big lad, dominating the midfield, wins all of his aerial jewels. He's a really rangy kind of midfielder, really dynamic. 
Um, he reminds me a little bit. I read one of the things that said there's like five different types of midfielders. There's like the passer, the magician, and maybe we'll talk about a bit of a magician in a minute on the next player. But there's one of the bits that said the spider. And it kind of says that this is like, the, you know, they connect to the defence to the attack and they position a bit deeper. And we always call, I think party is always known as the octopus. And it kind of like suited me a little bit is long gangly legs that kind of like just reach around and get the maybe not reach around from terminology uh they can drag the ball around people's legs and stuff like that so you know i'm I'm with you i do think the prem proven part is really key too like you say if we needed a player that can sit into a system um is young enough that can you know even if it doesn't work out you're probably going to get a sell-on fee anyway it's not a big gamble I do feel that this option is probably the the likely of the ones that we're going to explore. Fair enough. It's interesting. You kind of talked through some of the reasons why. <laughs> I think we need to compare him to a few players, though. I think um, yeah. in particular. Yeah, we can do that. Right. right, let's move on then. Go on. Who have we got next? Zubia Mendy. I'm going to... Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> I mean, we're both um, so we're probably both going to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, do you want to? I'll let you go first. I talked a lot about Anana. Go on, get get your thoughts out of there. Okay, um, so we've got Martin Zubamendi on the screen, uh, midfielder, Real Sociedad, young as well, twenty four, five foot eleven. Which, uh, like I said yesterday in one of the pods that we did previously in the striker category, a lot of the players that we're looking for, really tall, really built players. This player does not seem to fit that mold. And statistically speaking, looking at the screen right now, you'll see a kind of reverse of what Onana offers us in defensive duty. So tackling um, things like aerial duels, he's not very good at those things, not very good at those elements. But the things that he is really good in is, is passing and creativity and maybe playing alongside someone like Erdegaard, it feels like a maybe Erdegaard style player, and maybe we don't need two of them. And and some of the the stuff that I've watched really reminds me of uh, Santi Santi Cazorla as a as a player that this kind of fits the mold of. So he is he is good at defensive duties and can have there is some room for improvement there though. But statistically speaking, he he does kind of sit quite low on those percentiles. But one thing he is really good at, and one thing that would suit really really well within our system, is possession. He, he holds the ball incredibly well and can retain possession incredibly well. And that's one thing. If you look at how Arsenal play today, it's all about keeping the ball. It's all about holding it and doing the right thing with it. And, you know, at the age that he's at at the moment, I feel there's still improvements that he can make to his game. There's still things that he can change. And I think if we were to... This, this feels to me like you, you talked earlier about a Wenger-style signing... This feels more Wenger style signing than Arteta style signing, in my opinion. Okay. What do you? So, think I mean, I have I have some questions for you because I so first of all, things I saw, ball distribution, beautiful, like that. Just loads of crossfield passes, short passes as well. His ball distribution, his passing capability is unquestionable. Like you can see that that would be why we're looking at him. I didn't see really much in. Tackle, especially in our own defensive third. Didn't see anything there uh, in, in the highlights reel. So I don't know if it's the, the fact that they just went in the video, as you said, like the stats corner. He's not strong in that necessary in that department. The interesting observation for me is I didn't see necessarily the I didn't see as much technical footwork that would remind me directly of Santi. 
he uh, if he'd have been a bit more aggressive and strong in his tackling, I'd have said Rodri because of like his his stature and his his figure, but and the fact that he's Spanish and just making that random connection. But the point is, I think I would question his physicality in the Premier League at the moment. Like from what I'm seeing, I think he has the dynamicness uh, needed with the ball distribution, but it's the it's the physicality for me. Also, all of the videos that I saw, and what was your take on this? Where does he actually play? Because you mentioned like he could be like an Odegaard replacement or play alongside Odegaard. But all the videos I saw, he sat deep. He's deep in front of our defense yeah. in the in front of his defense. So, like, yeah. is that for me? That's I, that is his right position. Party. Yeah. So yeah, that is I don't. His I, if that is that's his position, I. I'm not sure. I mean, just a. I mean, just a like. I was I was reading one of the articles from it might have been Marca, like the Spanish um, yeah uh, media outlet, and effectively they talked a lot about you know as a player born and raised in a city captivated by the football of Xabi Alonso, coached by him, mm. you know it, it, Ooh, he is actually, relatively yeah. positioned to be the person to take that mantle. Um. And would you prefer to to bet that he could be that player in the next two to three years at a price that seems relatively good? Um, you know, he he does seem to be, you know, it's his third kind of season in the start and berth for, for Real Sociedad, highly competitive in that league, although a lot more space and stuff to play into, and does play that position. And I do feel there's some improvements he can make to his more defensive game. Like this feels to me the more <clears throat> What's the word I'm looking for? Exciting pick. Anana for me is not an exciting pick. It's a sensible pick and a safe pick. This mm. this feels more uh, adventurous to me. I'm just uh, you're making me look at a few statistics here um, around Jabby Alonso because I do like that comparison. I think that comparison is particularly relevant. I was just trying to see what age he joined Liverpool. Um, and it's probably mid. I think he. No, he's he was in the Spanish under twenty one till two thousand and three, and he joined Liverpool in two thousand and four. So I'd say he was probably twenty two, maybe twenty three max at the time. So this guy's a bit older. Um, what? Don't get me wrong. You don't want to miss out on the next Xabi Alonso. However, you know. You don't want to miss out on the next Cesc Fabregas either. You don't want to miss out on the next Santi Cazorla. You don't want to miss out on the next David Silva. My question really is, is that mould of player, does that still exist? Like, is that, have mm. we moved on? Have we moved on from that type of football? Because I would look at what I think we need. And I think we need Douglas Luiz, and, and which we'll talk about, Onana, even Paulinia, from what I've seen. Those just feel more the profile that I think we need over him. If he played further up the pitch, then I'd be like, yeah, bring in a Spanish genius further up the pitch. But I don't think that's what we need right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a pragmatic decision making on your point, Jason. I I agree with you on every point. It's just, you know, I mean, sometimes, and we talked about this on previous pods, the mystery box. This player feels mystery box to me. Yeah. Take a risk, take a risk. It's interesting. I'm considering... I'm considering taking more risks in life. Do I take a risk on him? I guess yeah. I'm not Arsenal manager. I don't have to make that decision. No, you don't. 
Well, all right, let's let's move on then, because the next player that we have is one that you've just mentioned. Uh, is Jao Paulinha, plays Fulham. Profile 28, six foot three, would cost us somewhere in the region of 40 to 60 million. I did go first last time, Jay, so I'll hand the microphone over to you. What do you think about Jao Paulinha and what he can offer Arsenal? Um, okay, so I had a I, I had a look at some specific elements of him. Ball distribution, I don't think he's as effective as the other two Premier League uh, people that we're going to talk about in Douglas Luiz and Onana. I didn't see that kind of... And I bet your stats are probably about to prove me wrong because I can see a hell of a lot of green there. That's more on the defensive side than the the passing side. So it's probably backing you up actually more than anything. Okay, actually, yeah, that does. That does tell my story because physicality, no problem. He's getting stuck in. I saw loads of sliding tackles winning the ball back in defensive thirds. Um, Great defensive cover that he provides. And even that was even clear when we played them at the Emirates. Again, something unfortunately I saw live was the Emirates was him scoring goals. He scores some good goals. Um, and again, I think that's missing a bit in our midfield. You know, only Declan, I think, scored two this year. And then I think our midfield's been pretty absent with goals. I haven't started scoring a few. Odegaard's down. Like, so, you know, I've got no, I've got no qualms with what he's, he, he, he could bring there. Um, technical ability, not particularly overwhelmed by his technical ability. Didn't see much in regards to quick turns and tight situations and technical footwork. That's a potential gap. Um, Premier League experience, invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. Um, Like Rice, I think he'd come and hit the ground running. The gap for me, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is the age profile. I just don't think he fits the age profile for the talent we're buying. Because he's going, he's twenty eight. He's going to be twenty nine by next season. We ain't buying. We ain't spending forty to sixty million on a, on a, on a twenty nine year old. We're just not. He's a uh, he's twenty eight before he's twenty nine. It's just one of my favorite Arsenal Twitter moments well, of all time. Um. Uh. I yeah. I, yeah. That's probably the bit that probably strikes out everything that you said. The two the two bits that kind of turn me away somewhat is the age profile. You're right. It's just not where we need it to be. And the fact that he's just not a, a, a great on-the-ball, defence-splitting, line-breaking pass type of player. He'll do do the things that you expect him to do well. So, like, really, really strong pressure, winning tackles, kind of, you know, putting pressure on the ball when it needs to be, and kind of all those kind of defensive bits. But then the more driving the defence forward, bringing the defence to the attack and linking that play, you know, it shows on the screen here that he doesn't cover a lot of distance. So despite winning a lot of tackles, and this really did surprise me, he was number one last season for most tackles and most duels won, which is really incredible for the side that he's playing in, I would say, because it's not like Fulham or uh, an outfit that you can turn over very, very easily. I mean, look at the fact that we've played. Did we lose both times to them this season? No, we drew one and we lost one. Yeah, yeah, we drew we drew yeah. two all and lost. 2-0 or 3-0, 2-0, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but like it just strikes me quite surprising that he doesn't run a lot, but still covers uh, a lot of tackles across the pitch. And so that for me was something that we we would need for sure. But the elements that you put together there, he's not quite the full package. Um, there are elements to his game that if you were making some kind of Frankenstein's monster of defensive midfielders, you would certainly take a lot of his uh, defensive attributes and, and put them into the mix. But um, you know, going forward, passing and the other bits that he offer. 
I don't think where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm exactly the same. Uh, much more to add on him. Uh, I I mean he's a good player, but it's just yeah age. Pro- I mean the mainly the age profile more than anything. It's just it's not an art. It's not an Arteta. So let me let me do a question. So obviously I, I do think that there is an element that Arteta doesn't just sign that age profile. We obviously signed Trossard. Once again, prem proven, could do a job, comes off the bench, etc. What's the difference here? Yep. Price. Okay. What was what was Trotter? 29, 20, like between 25 20, and 30 million? It's 25 million and probably with some few add-ons, but Fulham are going to want 60 million. You're not going to want 40. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't go to Bayern because of different reasons. So it, they're, they're going to want the maximum. But they the paid, they were offering like 50 or something million for him when they were coming in for him, right? Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's now, isn't it like Chelsea are interested in now and Bayern are still interested, apparently we're interested and I'm looking at this going, that's your, that's the agent making sure that the price stays in flames, yeah, he's driving the, price the offers on the table, like you it, like you know what the agent's trying to do, it's, the next, it's his final big move or going to be the biggest move of his career when he gets it at the end of the season, I, I, I have doubts about our interest in him really. Okay. Well, let me let me move on then to probably what will be the the comparatively not easy pick, but uh, I suppose the pick that would likely contest uh, Amadou Onana, and that is Douglas Luiz, who plays for Villa, mm-hmm. 25, 5 foot 9, would command a fee very, very similar to most of the others that we've seen. They all seem to be in that region of 40 to 60 million. Going to hand over to you, Jace, because I do feel that this one in particular, more than that, you think? Okay, more than that. All right, easy. I'm interested. Easy. Easy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think because he has just signed a new contract at Villa, so that's probably just to retain some of the value and probably ask a bit more um, yeah. as well. I'm interested in your thoughts here um, because I think that you are split between him and Anana as a potential pick, and you, uh, I'd like you to tell me why. So uh, I think he's different to Onana, but he, again, he doesn't necessarily have any weak attributes from what I've, I've seen of him. Um, first of all, long-time admirer by Arsenal. I think we've tried to sign him before, uh, failed on the deadline day, if I remember rightly. He clearly wants the Arsenal move as well, right? He wanted it originally. I think he still wants it. There's a big Brazilian contingent at Arsenal, right? I think he fits right in in the crowd. Great finisher. Scores goals. Proven goal scorer from the midfield. Tackling. Amazing. Wins plenty, physically dominating in the midfield. Technical ability, I've seen, I've seen some skills. I've definitely seen some quick feet in some technical transitions, so that's nice to see. Lovely long-range passing. Age, bang on. Like, age, absolutely bang on. Um, and Premier League experience, no-brainer. The problem is, for me, we have zero chance getting him out of Villa. He signed his contract. Villa are now competing with us. That's what they see. We know Villa can, can, uh, they they have a bit of um, there's a there is a bit of a, a snobbery. Pool? Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's not a pool. There's a. Do you remember when they tried to smart to sign Smith Rowe? There was like a season they might have finished above us, and they tried to sign Smith Rowe, and they were like thinking they were the bigger pool. And that we were on the down and they were on the up. I still mm-hmm. feel now, like again, like they're competing with us. I feel like their confidence is back. I feel, I, I, and, and don't get me wrong, Villa are doing a very, very, very 
good uh doing very very well in the league and they're doing a great emery's doing a great job and so if they're in that position we're a direct rival there's no way that they're letting him go to us no way is, is there an element though like you said the player wants it if the player wants it there's there's lot not a lot you can do to stop them if they begin i mean he he seems like the consummate professional He's putting in the work. He's obviously doing a great job for Villa this season. He doesn't seem to want yeah. to down tools and, and, and you know, uh, sulk on the bench to, to get that move. But there's a potential there that if the player does want it, it can happen. It can. It comes at a very expensive cost, though. And I look at the age profile of Inanna and the potential. He's only 22. Um, if you're going to keep Thomas Party for one, one more year then and have him come in, I I I I think that there is more ceiling for Onana to grow. He's only 22 and he's doing what he's doing. Douglas Louise, top-rate midfielder, and I think he'll be really consistent and good for us. But I think if you consider age and price, Onana just about wins out. Okay. The one there was one point that you made that I I, I do want to say I, I agree with everything you said really really good player strong midfielder really good at dead ball situations which is something really that we we probably need a bit more we've not seen a lot of that in our side the Brazilian contingent yeah really good as well the thing that really stands out to me and I put it on the stats here and I added this field just because of how incredible it was to me we we've got on the right hand side his his overall stats for a midfielder. And for for non-penalty goals, he sits in the 84th percentile. For shots, he sits in the 73rd percentile. For kind of shot-creating actions, the 83rd percentile. He is, by comparison to all the other players that we've looked at, by far and away the most dominant in terms of creating and scoring chances. And that is something that, like, you know, you look across our team, particularly this season when compared to last we are truly lacking in. Erdegaard is not scoring. Declan Rice has scored a couple, but is not really well known to be a goal scorer. Jorginho is not scoring when he's playing. Havertz has scored a couple. That is something that could truly add another bit of uh, another layer uh, to our team in that respect. And so I do feel that that's the thing. If you're talking about those three-year delta between Douglas, Louise and Onana, that is where Onana would need to uh, improve his game in, in goal scoring, I would say, and, and creation. Yeah, I mean, Douglas Luiz is a now player, right? Prime years, now, experience, he's a now player. He is coming to the team and take us to a league title player. Okay, so, so you're, you're yeah. yeah, true. I mean, are you then, so you're, you're, you're going through the four of them, you're camping the Onana camp at the moment, just for the age profile and everything else that you've kind of said, right? Yeah, just about, just about. Doug, it's closer to Douglas Ruiz, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm staying Onana because also it's the dominance and the physicality he brings. Uh, I think a Douglas Ruiz is only five foot nine. He's basically the same height as me, almost give or take. Whereas Onana's like, I mean, I don't know how tall he was, but it looked tall. How tall was it, Griff? Tell me. Onana was, I think he was six three. I'm going to go back and have a little look. He was six four. Yeah, he's massive. He's team right? midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I am. Uh... I just look at Ezra Mendy and the 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 kind of I don't know it just it excites me more than the others and maybe this is just the 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 championship manager style uh, of of football looking at that I would do as a teenager and I look at this as being that the, the other ones are more 
pragmatic signings than than say uh, my 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 head and my heart maybe telling me two different things. Here, here's a question for you that I wanted to kind of end on though, Jace. I'm really curious to hear your opinion. Um, a fit and firing Thomas Party for the remainder of this season is something that we could hope for. Um, if it ever got back to full fitness and was able to stay fit, would you would you just prefer just to keep him? What opposed to signing anyone in this window? Yeah, uh, well, in general, even if you sign it, even if he stays fit and stays with Arsenal beyond this this season, would you then still keep him or not? Is this a if he's fit to the end of the year or pragmatic? He stays fit forever because he's never staying fit forever. So I keep him to the end of the year if he's going to stay fit, and then I get rid of him. But we know we can't rely on him for a fit like throughout. So we we one of those players that we just talked about is coming to Arsenal. It probably won't happen in this window. We're relying on a fit Thomas party at the end of the year. He's not gone to AFCON. So that's okay. That's my answer to the question. If it's after, then he's gone. Okay. I just I just feel that uh a fully fit and firing Thomas Party is better than all four of those players, in my opinion. Ooh. Uh yeah, I, I don't disagree. If you have prime Thomas Party fully fit, how he played last year when we were destroying teams with him, I don't disagree. But that's never going to happen. Mm. I know. I like to uh, play the hypothetical, so Jace, rub the genie lamp and all that kind of stuff. And um, I like to bring you right back down to earth, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just come crashing back down. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, so that's the defensive midfielders out of the way. Uh, let us move on to a little bit of parking lot. We've got a game coming up on Saturday. We're at home to Crystal Palace. Um, we talked a little bit about the lineup on the last pod. I want to talk about score predictions. What are we? We're, we're, we're coming off the back of how many losses? Two, three, 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 three losses. We're going to need to get back to winning ways. I think we're both going to predict a win. So I'm not I'm not going to care so much about the number. We're both going to go for a win because it's obvious, Chase. You know, heart overhead, uh, heart and overhead, or whatever you want to call it. But one thing I do want to ask you: Do you think it's going to be dirty, or do you think we're going to trounce? Didn't Crystal Palace have a nearly have a result against? They had a result against City, didn't they? And they almost beat Liverpool as well. Why do you reckon there's something about him that gets up for big games? Maybe they'll play Rob. Maybe they play. Maybe they play Rob. <laughs> and he turns up like prime twenty two thousand seventeen FA Cup final against Diego. <laughs> yeah, Costa. taps his temple. Yeah, not having it. Oh, don't don't um, do this to me, Jace. It feels like you're going to go down for a loss. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's just going to be. I mean. I, we have to get past the psychological barrier this weekend, genuinely. Um, it's three defeats, then two weeks off where it's just been there, churning, churning, churning. And I know that they're taking them out to Dubai and trying to get them out of the, the mental zone. 3-1 um, win. No, no, no. 2-1, 2-1, 2-1. Oh, it's a big difference. There's always one. <laughs> There is always one. I uh, I think this is going to be a lot scrappy do. This is going to be like proper dirty, horrible. I don't care if uh, Jesus trips on his laces and accidentally like 
knees the ball against his head and it goes in the back of the net. I really couldn't care less in this game. Like you just said, that mental fragility that we've got needs to kind of just be thrown to the side and like got rid of. And how we do it isn't important at this juncture. Um, the one thing I would say, we do need to find some level of, of form and uh, reconciliation of the old Arsenal because we, we are, you know, three games coming up in this period of three games where it's Palace, um, Forest, and then Liverpool. Liverpool is the one, like thinking about it, if we beat these two and then head into that Liverpool game with the potential to get right back in the mix or do one over them at Anfield and get back into it, it's, you know, I I, I am salivating. It's not Anfield, sorry, is it? It's at our ground because we're going to that game. I, I'm dead excited for that game because that is the prime opportunity for us to really get back into it. And we really need to, you know, prelude that with two victories against opposition that we should be beating. You're saying that we're going to have prime Thomas Partey and, uh, and uh, Declan Rice in the midfield destroying Liverpool? I I do. Yeah, genuinely, I think that's what we're, we're aiming for here. I think we might get a Thomas Partey run out in both of those two games with an ambition to start him against Liverpool. I think if we've got, if we've got Partey Rice in midfield against Liverpool, I think we're fine. Oh yeah, because our, our midfield is so much better than theirs. Like genuinely, um, like, unless they play the two kids out of nowhere, will just destroy us again. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, so I, I think I think one nil. So I, I think it's going to be scrappy, but I, I do think we'll come away with the win against Palace. So fingers crossed. All right, let's see what happens. Yeah, right. Uh, so thank you very much for for tuning in, listening. Like we've said before, if you're new to the channel. If you want your Arsenal content, this is where you're going to get it. Uh, on YouTube, if you could give us a like, a subscribe, a comment on any of our videos. If you want to send us any questions, we'll do our best to answer them on the pod. Jace, you know, people don't have YouTube for some crazy reason. They might be out on their runs. They might be walking their dog. They might be in their car. If they're listening on their podcast provider of choice, what do we want them to do? Uh, give us a five-star rating. Leave us a lovely comment or a review. Also... Uh, subscribe on your podcast if you're not already doing that. There's a subscribe option. There's a follow option on Apple Podcasts. You click that too, and then you get the latest podcast as soon as it's available. Nice, nice. So we'll we'll be back uh, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. Uh, me and Jace will try and organise. But Jace is going to be going away, jet-setting around the world very, very shortly. So you might have to just listen to my dulcet tones for a solo pod, potentially. Who knows? uh maybe i see um i you know what i'm like i will i pack the pod mic in my suitcase before uh so dedicated. Work... yeah absolutely. so dedicated it's, it's work trips though the only problem is i'm in the us i'm working literally the day that we play what's tuesday forest game? it must be forest yeah I'm, I'm gonna miss that i'm gonna have to watch highlights so might be out of context that one all right. Well, let's see. We'll be back again anyway. And thank you very much for joining us. Cool. Cheers, guys.